to the podcast edition of Musicians of the Midnight Sun. I'm your host, Pat Braden, broadcasting to you over the virtual airwaves from the Love Shack studio here in the heart of Old Town Yellowknife Northwest Territories. Now, I'm a bass player, Chapman stick player, singer-songwriter, and I've been playing music throughout the North since about 1977. As a young musician, I was caught up in the explosion of popular music in the world through the 1950s, 60s, and 70s. As I got older, I thought there must have been the same thing happening up here, just in a different place and on a different scale. So in 2003, I started to interview the older players who taught me most of what I know today, and many more musicians that I'd only ever heard of. My intention was to have an accessible and free place where anyone could go to learn about these players and the musical times and the lives that they lived. Over the years, I've collected 30-plus interviews and created an archival website at www.musiciansofthemidnightsun.com. Some of these interviews are quite long, so I wanted to bring the core of their stories to a more accessible format. So I created this series of podcasts to continue the celebration of the musical lives of these northern musicians who performed in northern Canada from the 1950s through to the mid-1970s. Thanks for tuning in. Please send any questions and comments to me through this website. I hope you enjoy this podcast episode of Musicians of the Midnight Sun. I started to play with some of the old-time fiddlers up here in the mid-1980s or so. Up until then, almost all of my playing was with pop, rock, jazz, blues, and country bands in Yellowknife and in the South. In the late 1980s, I recorded with a few of the old-time fiddlers, some of whom have since passed on. Though I never recorded with Angus, I would bump into him at gigs. Then and now, he remains the most prominent and respected fiddler in the NWT. Angus Bolio and the Native Cousins have entertained at dances, festivals, and weddings in communities across the North and on high-profile cultural stages in major centres down south since the late 1960s. I enjoyed Angus and Dorothy's hospitality for a couple of days at their home in Fort Resolution. It was a busy household with kids and musicians dropping in and out through the day. I even got the jam with them on my Chapman stick. I was amazed at Angus's recall of places, names, and stories from the past. A Dene New Métis, Angus has lived a full, rich life as a traditional hunter-gatherer. He is an elder and a leader in his community of Dene Nukwe, or Fort Resolution. On stage, Angus is a rock star, enjoying his moment of bringing joy to others. He has adapted to and sustained his music through the changes in musical styles and innovations in technology over the last 60-plus years. Angus's stories are a collection of introspective snapshots, told through the eyes and in the voice of a true northern musician. When I interviewed Angus in the spring of 2003, he was 69 years old. Now, in the spring of 2020, Angus is 86 years old and still going strong. When I was growing up, there was a fiddle in the house, and uh, I wasn't allowed to touch it. My grandfather said, not for me to touch it, so at that time I wasn't interested. But uh, my grandmother's brother, George Norn, used to come over and 
whenever he came over, the fiddle was hanging on the wall, and he would take it down and play us music. And and then uh, I used to go to a dance with my grandfather. I used to uh, listen to uh, old George uh, Norton playing fiddle, and and I kind of got interested, but I was. I know I was told not to touch a fiddle, so I didn't right away. But um, when my grandfather's not home, I took it down a f- couple times and uh, try and squeak, uh, squeak it. But uh, <laughs> and if I uh, sit where the window where my grand the direction my grandfather would be coming from if he's coming home. If I saw him coming home, I used to hang up the fiddle and till one time he caught me. Playing it, uh, he caught me the fiddle in my hand and that, and I got scared. I was trying to hang it up. He never said nothing. He didn't tell me I shouldn't be trying to play it or anything. So ever since then, I, I was trying, and within one year, I was playing for a dance. And the first the first song I learned was called Rubber Dolly. And I was playing it with one finger only. <laughs> and then after I was playing the tune uh, for a while, and I, the second finger I started using, and then the third finger. And then uh, I played for down many dances uh, with three fingers, and uh, one was just uh, sticking up straight up. up uh, <laughs> And then it started butting in, <laughs> and, then, uh, and then that's how I, within a year, I, was, I remember I was 14 years old when I was playing for first dance. So he let you play it from? Well, from then, uh, from then uh, he didn't say nothing, so uh, one year he's not home, I played it, and uh, regardless, he came home, I was still after it, and he never said nothing, uh, never said nothing to me. It wasn't a full-size fiddle, that was a medium so that was my first uh, first fiddle, and I got my third fiddle. I bought it 50 years ago. So instruments at that time when you were 14 years old, like, I mean, how many fiddles were there around? Were there lots of instruments around? Lots of people playing? No, not really, no. Uh, well, there's fiddle players. But guitar, uh, I remember... Uh, when I was also growing up, uh, uh, my uncle had a guitar. Before guitar, going back to the old man George Nornigan, his brother used to play uh, the second. Um, he would play the fiddle, and also he'll chord on the fiddle for his brother. And I saw dances played for dances that way. Also, at the same time. That George's brother's name was Sammy. He had he had a couple sticks, just like uh, Chinese chopsticks, and he would hit uh, the fiddle, just not too not far away from where you bow it, towards your fingers there, in time with the uh, the beat, and it really gives a nice <clears throat> nice nice tune. So he would be fretting the notes and hitting it with the with the chopsticks at the same time. Would he be? Fretting the notes. Oh well, the, the George would be playing the fiddle. Yeah. His brother would be had a stick in each hand and just like drumming, he'd be hitting it uh, 
So they're both playing the same fiddle? Yeah. And uh, I, saw, I saw that uh, played for dances <laughs> that way. And also he'll chord with the fiddle too, but uh, there's uh, certain tunes he'll do, do it that way. Yeah, and it, uh, uh, it, uh, they didn't do all the tunes that way. When you started playing, did you did you ever take any lessons or sit down, or were you just watching the other fiddlers and picking stuff up? Well, I listened to, as I said, I, I go to a few dances with my grandfather. Those days, kids didn't stay up uh, all hours of night, so my grandfather would take me to a dance for maybe an hour or something like that, and then bring me home, mm-hmm. and he'd go back to a dance. So I, I never, I never had a chance to stay through the dance. But uh, after I started playing my fiddle, I used to try and memorize what I heard there. And uh, when we got home, I would try and try and remember the, that song, a particular song, and I didn't know the name or anything. But uh, try and memorize it in my mind and and try it. I'm not too sure, so the next dance, dance I go to again, I hope they play that tune before I go home. Figure <laughs> <laughs> the rest of it out, eh? <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty rough. <laughs> but that only happened for a year, and then you were playing for the dances. I had one record. We had one of these record winder. We had one fiddle rec, uh, song there, but it, it was crack. So... I try and follow it, and just when it makes it turn around, maybe the first uh, the first verse it's okay. After that, it'll jump. So I had to find somebody to to put their hand on on the head of that. Uh, <laughs> it was one of those wine. Yeah, the, those the head, so the the weight would uh, would not make a jump. But if I didn't have anybody, I couldn't. I couldn't play. And then, just when we get going, we have to rewind that rewind <laughs> the player. You know, oh, it was uh, those days. We didn't have, uh, you know, we had a radio. Uh, the same thing was on the radio too. If we heard it, if I heard a tune, I tried to memorize it and stuff like that. We didn't have tape recorders. We didn't have nothing. Uh, Oh, a radio, and then uh, we had a radio, and we had a, a wine, uh, this, those record players. But there was only one uh, one song we had a fiddle song. The rest were all uh, Jimmy Rogers, uh, <laughs> that style of music, you know. And so that's how I uh, I remembered. What what years would would those have been? What what years? Well, well, I'm born 1934. So that'd be. 48, Yeah. Uh, the you were getting radio up here then? Yeah, yeah. Where was the radio coming from? You'd get all kinds of stations from the south. You get many stations. We had to put an aerial, though. You had to put an aerial about 300 feet or more. I think the longer the aerial is, uh, you pick, a, pick it up pick more. more. So we used to have a. Oh, yeah. I would say <laughs> at least about 500 feet, I think we had our radio. Uh, we had a good long pole and aerial across to our house, you know, and then another pole there and then down a the pole into their house. And then in those days, uh, the first radio I remember my grandfather had this huge, it was maybe I would say about 
about 20 inch by about two feet uh, tall, and it had six batteries. What did you make your antenna out of? Like, what were you using? What kind of wire? Just we use a. I don't know where we got the wire from, but we got a. a you know, it's a copper wire. Yeah. You know, okay. it was uh, wounded like you know a little bit, yeah. like a snare. I don't know if they had them in the stores, but uh, I think later on we got them in the stores. But the first ones, I don't know. Or my, my grandfather, I think, where he got the radio. There was a radio station in the community, uh, uh, telegram radio station in the community. And I think my grandfather used to help them to work around uh, the place to clean up or whatever. And then uh, I, I'm pretty sure that's where their first, yeah, our first radio came from. And the community here, I think there was maybe, there's very few radios. And uh, hockey nights, people used to gather, my grandfather there, about five of them would be sitting right close to the radio there, listening, you know, they're, whoever's cheering for what, uh, well, they're just yelling there, you know. <laughs> <laughs> what, um, when you say music stations from, from down south, what kind of music got played? I mean, what... what, what? Those days, it's mostly a country, it's all country. <clears throat> yeah. Very, very suddenly you hear fiddle. There's certain stations, uh, I forget what it's called, a certain uh, place that uh, we used to get fiddle music on there, okay. certain station. I think it was Calgary. Do you remember the names of the country guys you were listening to? Well, Wolf Carter, uh, Jimmy Rogers, and, and then later on it was Hank Williams, you know, that used to be a lot. I used to listen to a lot of that. A lot of records used to be Hank Williams. Then after Elvis, you know. So you you would you would you sit down with the radio and just sort of play along and jam along with the radio that way sometimes and. Uh, not not too much that way. I would okay. uh, listen to it and try and memorize it. Yeah. Only after into tape recorders uh, I done it. I would say. Uh, what is it into late sixties uh, or something like that? Only about then, I think I um, late sixties, uh, I start to follow, try and follow it. But uh, before that, uh, we never had our fiddle tuned to uh, you know the, uh, the four forty. You know, it's just uh, our fiddle were never t- uh, tuned that high. Uh, it's always t- uh, tuned low. So when you went to, to tune up, I mean, I guess it would sort of depend on if you were, like, if you were playing with an accordion or something like that, or mm-hmm. another instrument or a piano that you couldn't yeah. change, I guess you'd have to tune to them. Yeah, time. yeah. But otherwise you would just... Just any old way. But it was lower? It, was it seemed lower. to be lower. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think it was much lower. You started playing your grandfather's fiddle, and then within a year you had learned how many tunes before you played your first dance, do you think? I would say about maybe... Eight or ten tunes, and some waltzes and some square dance. Uh, and maybe I should tell you about my first square dance. Uh, after I was playing, I, in my mind, I thought I can play for dances and that. And there was a dance. Uh, those days we didn't have community halls and that. Uh, it's just uh, one of the houses with uh, one room house, uh, and uh, my uncle lived right down below. And especially in the spring. Uh, after uh, everybody's uh, come back from the hunt, they would uh, 
gather and da dance just about every night sometimes. You know, there'd be a fiddle dance. That's the only thing uh, we had. Later on, uh, sometimes, uh, well, there's... All the communities around this lake used to gather in Fort Res uh, for treaty days. And so uh, there, there'd be a drum dance one end of the community here, and then there'd be a fiddle dance. The Métis would have their dance, and uh, and the treaties would have their drum dance, you know, and uh, and there's mix. Uh, this dance here I went to, and I didn't know how to go about I want to play. But I didn't, I was afraid to ask. Well, sometimes their square dances are long and that, and I remember it was hot, uh, I guess there was, everybody went out, and then not only that, they just had wooden floors, and once they're dancing like that, uh, it gets dusty, you know, they were tracking mud in and that, you know, it gets dusty too, mm -hmm. so everybody go out, get, go out and get a kind of a fresh air, and I remember the fiddler uh, went out, and uh, that time it was Sam Norn playing for this dance, and he went out. So everybody started coming in, and I grabbed that fiddle, and the guitar player was Frank Fabian, I think, at the time. He's not around, he's gone since. Uh, everybody got on the floor, so I started playing a square dance tune, everybody started dancing. I didn't realize it, uh, how long, uh, even though I've been at many dances, uh, I didn't get to very, very far, and I was, my arms are tired. I was slowing down, slowing down. Finally, I couldn't, I couldn't go any further, so I stopped. They told me it's not over yet. Some more, some more. I tried, I couldn't. I got so embarrassed. Everybody was looking at me. I put the fiddle down and ran home. It was right across the road here, so I just ran across the road and I got went home and I was embarrassed. I felt like crying and I don't know. I just I thought I'm never going to touch that fiddle again. All kinds of things went through my mind and the next day I was thinking, you know, I got to try and pull this through this some way. So I got an old arm clock there, put it beside myself there, and and I start playing and. And try and play a little longer and a little longer, and and eventually I was gaining a little bit, a little bit, and finally I can play without about 20 minutes uh, without stop. You know, and so again another dance like that I tried and I pulled through and I'm still playing. I told this story before, but I can tell you a story. This is a true story. There's still a few people alive that. Uh, can uh, witness this. Uh, when I go to here River, we go to here every every spring uh, after ice, enough room for the ice along the shore. And I used to bring my fiddle with me and uh, get to hear people see me around the, the old town, uh, the uh, the old village, mm -hmm. and they would uh, get ready for a dance and. Uh, I would just play for a dance. Those days, I never paid no money. Not money wasn't in, uh, in for paying the, whoever was going to play for a dance. You know, and after I'd done this for a, a few years, uh, I was in here River. 
when I let it takes us with a small motor from here to here for a day and a half if there's no ice. A little five horse kicker, a big boat, fairly big boat, about twenty foot a skiff, you know. And uh five horse pushing it, you know. A days are long would still take us a day and a half to hear river. And after we got halfway uh I told Grandpa, I said, I forgot my fiddle. We're not turning back, he told me. Not turning back. We're not turning back, he told me. So we kept the wind. I got to hear river. Uh, well, as normal, they, as soon as they see me around, they arrange for a dance. Somebody said, they're waiting for you. Uh, they used to have their dances at this guy's place. His name is Johnny Lumelis. He had a one big uh, room house and then a kitchen added to the back. So when I got there, everybody was sitting all uh, chairs all the way around, uh, benches and chairs all the way around. They were waiting for me. I told them I didn't have my fiddle. Well, and then they started looking around for a fiddle for me. And they found a fiddle, uh, but the bow was... There's somebody else that had a fiddle, and his name was Frank Lapini. And he was, has come back from the bush for, from the spring hunt, so... Uh, and he plays fiddle also himself. And so he wasn't back, so they first it, it took them a while to find my fiddle. And the bow, uh, there wasn't enough hair on there to play. So I couldn't find a bow, and then somebody said... Uh, that Johnny Lemelis were the dancers. Uh, they got a horse that had a sore foot, so they shot that horse that morning, I guess, you know. So somebody was talking about it, so they went and they went in the bush here, got that horse tail. And uh, they brought me the horse tail, and I try and find the longest, uh, there's a brown horse to, I cut the longest part of the hair. I guess one of the shot of that hair was just full of poop, eh, you know? <laughs> uh, this old lady washed it for me. They washed it, and then people are sitting around here for a dance. <laughs> uh, they wa she washed it really good for me, and uh, she gave me some sinew, and I tied one end really good before she washed it. I tied one end really good knot in it, and then she washed it and combed uh, one of these fine combs, I combed it with it uh, after she washed it, combed it nicely. Then we had to hang it up uh, above the, there's a kitchen wood stove in the kitchen there. So that, uh, we still have to wait for drying, you know. <laughs> this is a really true, there's no bullshit story. And the, when that happened, now I was ready, there's no rosin now. <laughs> Oh, we never even thought of this rosin in the meantime, you know, all this. Uh, so now uh, I told them uh, spruce gum would work, you know. So, uh, like, I don't know all the bush country there, so somebody else said, I know where there's some good spruce gum, so somebody went get me spruce gum. So after all this, uh, we had five, I remember I was still playing for a dance, five o'clock in the morning, people are still just having a good time. And there's still Pat Buggins today is alive. That uh, one time, one time I was playing for a dance in here, and 
with all our equipment and that. And he came to me, he said, you remember? He said, you remember you came here and we had to go through all that horse tail and wood gum and all that. Remember that? He told me, I said, yeah, I never forgot that. I told, him, I told that story to somebody else. I said, they don't believe me. Well, he said, you tell them to come to me, I'll tell them, you know. And then I travel also with dog team from here to here to play for a dance. And it depends on what time of the year, if it's on December, it takes, you know, um, sometimes two and a half days, you know. Uh, two days, uh, two days, and then uh, it's on, uh, like March, taking May, uh, making one day. But in February, like, you know, a day and a half, two days. I used to carry my fiddle with me like that, you know. And I, my grandfather actually raised me in the Slave River Delta here, and this is uh, where I was raised, and I always had my fiddle with me in the bush there. If I, wherever I went, I, I carried my fiddle with me, you know, even though sometimes I didn't play it. See, if I went to here River, I used to take my fiddle along with me. Was there even a road then? No, I mean, this is going... Going on the ice, on the ice, on the ice to okay. Hay River, dog so, team, yeah, There eh? wasn't even any road here then. No, to to, to get you to Hay River. No, 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 no not, nobody even thought of a road. Some, and then we don't even carry a tent. Wherever we make, you know, where, <laughs> wherever it gets dark with us, we try and find a where there's a lot of firewood, and we go and uh, if it's north wind, you have to try and get away from the wind off the shore, shelter a little bit, shelter, and then. Just uh, scrape the snow right yeah. down to the ground and spruce sprouts down and and little caribou mattress and that's it, you, you know. Never, never even think it's cold. We didn't have skidoo suits those days or skidoo boots or anything. We just, you know, just a little canvas parka, you know, and moccasins and never even think it's. It's cold out there, oh, and we used to be a hell lot colder than <coughs> it is now. No those days, you know, we used to go up to sixty <coughs> below. Exactly, yeah. yeah. You never, and never thought that was a hardship, or no, nothing. <laughs> nobody will ever catch me out there. <laughs> <laughs> Not anymore. No way. Yeah. So I played. Uh, I used to play for a dance here. Uh, when the when the pay started coming in, it was okay. Play for a dance. When uh, when I went later on, I went south. I saw bad. Oh boy, you know. So I got myself one amplifier, and there's four of us plugged into one amplifier. <laughs> oh, just through the fiddle, eh? there's three guitars in the fiddle uh, with a little silver tune amp. Eh? I used to charge eight uh, eight dollars to play for a dance. So I give everybody two dollars. I take two dollars for myself. We play a whole night for uh, $8. <laughs> when did you first get down south to the city? City? I would say in the 50s I went uh, with, uh, from Hay River. Um, my dad um, owned a store in Hay River. He was hauling somebody's freight from Edmonton. So I went with him to Edmonton from Hay River when they first opened up the road to Hay River there. I can't remember exactly the year, but uh, I went to them south a couple of times. That's the first time I 
Salt City, you know. And then I saw some electric instruments, you know. The, oh, the first, the first band I saw was in Hay River. It was uh, it's called Happy Russell. And for Happy Russell is that uh, Alfie Myers, this is a young guy playing fiddle for Happy Russell. They had two fiddlers, and they were playing in here. Uh, here, River. One of my uncles uh, told me there's a band playing in here, River. I don't know how he picked it up, but on January 6th, and he wanted to go down to here, River. Uh, I went to here, River, right from here with dog team to watch a band. They had a little power plant, small little power plant, and they played um, at the show hall one night and then the second night was at the Indian village they were playing there and they had uh, one little bulb in the middle of the house instead of a gas lamp because they had a little power plant and then they had their equipment plugged in and, uh, and they were playing for a dance here and that's the first time I saw a live band in my life band, yeah. yeah and so when I went south I bought myself a small amplifier and uh, must have been tough and fire because we we used to plug everything we owned into that that thing. <laughs> so when you when you came back up you had a power plant up here that you used or Well no, when the NCPC first built here in Fort Res nineteen sixty two I think. I think it's then that, that I bought myself a electric when uh, when you put power in Fort Res. I don't know if you met Peter Laverty, which is Morris and and Eddie Laverty's uh, brother, eh? He lives in okay. uh, he lives in Whitehorse. Okay, Peter. Uh, um, when they were building the power plant here, he worked here. So uh, we didn't have power yet at our house, but where I was working at the school, there's power there. So uh, I got a tape recorder. So we used to go over there and record just a flat top with a fiddle. And I had some of that tapes too, and. I might have little parts of it. And then after he went back home to Simpson, he sent me a reel-to-reel tape of all the family, you know, his sisters. And Morris used to play really, really good fiddling too, Morris Lafferty from mm-hmm. Fort Simpson. And he, uh, uh, on the tape, Morris, Eddie, Peter, and their sisters singing. Even Jim Velnip was playing in a band too. Um, he used to play rhythm and sing too. Jim Velnif lives in Fort Resno. He sent me one reel-to-reel, and then, but that same year, I think he sent me three reel-to-reel, seven-inch reels, yeah, you know. Yeah. And then after that, uh, Nick Sibson uh, was going to school in the Kicho Hall in Yelne, and when we came home for Christmas, they'd done recording at home. Eh? Uh, that too, I uh, I got that. I find it really interesting how the the technology or the tape recorders or the... Uh, turntables or the, the reel-to-reel tape recorders or guitar amplifiers all came along in, in your lifetime. Yeah. You started and there was the fiddle on the wall. Yeah. That's all there was, right? Yeah. And how that's sort of come along and, and trying to put that into into an order and also into a perspective on, on how or if that changed things for you. How did, you know, okay, uh, having having a turntable or having your recording, your little reel-to-reel, did that change anything, or was it just something else to do? 
was it just like another toy or something? Yeah, like, well, it, somebody, it was just it was, just, just, uh, it was kind of a interesting to see how it wor- how it work or yeah. something, you know, something different, you know. You just want to try it, you know, and, and just having just having a chance to be able to record and hear yourself yeah. back would have been. How, how do you remember the first time you heard yourself back? What do you think? <laughs> well, uh, well, I, I guess uh, it wasn't too bad, you know. I thought, yeah. but. Uh, there's something else maybe I should uh, mention. This uh, okay before my amplifiers, before that, just uh, that going back to battery radio, radio mm-hmm. and that, back to that, and uh, I got a record player that got uh, after those big heads. Eh? Okay, this one here is a combination. I got one downstairs. What I'm talking about is a combination. Like a record player on top, and then there's a radio, eh? And then this head here has more kind of a needle, the same a little cartridge uh, mm-hmm. type that uh, when it plays up here, but it's still a single record, eh? And you still have to wind it, the top part, but I got one downstairs. Okay, it's a winding, and uh, and it works off the battery. Uh, battery, The sound goes into through that uh, battery head, I guess, whatever you want mm-hmm. to call it, go through there and comes out of there. I don't know how I got the idea of this here. I found a cartridge or something. Uh, or I, can't, I don't think I took the one out of there. I think I had a, I got another, just a single, just a player like that, I think, mm-hmm. that has a hook. Hey, you have to hook it onto a battery thing for the sound because this, this one here didn't have a horn. I took that little cartridge and I put it on the fiddle. Just like a pickup, you know, I'm moving around the fiddle and ringing it, you know, till I found a spot, you know, where it picks it up real good. What I've done, uh, this radio, I have it onto radio, I'm playing here and listening to myself in the radio right there, you know. It's not an amplifier, but, yeah. you know, I was doing that, oh, eh? Oh, yeah, no, it is an amplifier, yeah, you know, that's exactly what you it is. Know, uh, you know, I was, and that time I was working the sawmill. Uh, they had a different kind of radio that had a, I, uh, I don't know. It was a twelve or a six volt. It was a big, big battery. Uh, it's uh, one of those uh, battery in charge, eh? Uh, the machinery there, that uh, battery off the um, sawmill there. They had this uh, radio in the in the office there. I'm always uh, going to the office listening to this, uh, so to keep me out of the office, maybe uh, they give me that radio to put it in my uh, little bunkhouse. So I put that in there and. And I used to put that little little thing I told you that, uh, and I used to listen to myself. Eh? And, and after that, I uh, what I got to do in the evening, people had just ordinary radios, eh? So I ran wires to the next bunkhouse, the next bunkhouse there. <laughs> I ran wires, and then the, those radios didn't have plug-in for uh, for anything, you know, to pick to pick it up, eh? I had to use real tiny wires towards the radio there. I would lift the tube up a little bit. You know, the prongs like this, eh? I would touch a prong, you know. i touch which one would be the, you know, the sound <coughs> the, the, the sound, yeah. sound one, I guess, you know. And uh, from the way uh, it, on this big uh, radio there, where I had it, it didn't have any plug-in on it anyway. And I found a place, so... And I, and I try and look for that power tube or whatever it is, yeah. and that's that's, that's a I just loop the little snare wire, yeah. and I just 
pull the tube and put it back okay. on with it, you know. And yeah. So I'd be playing in my bunkhouse here, and uh, the guys that working there would gather in the... <laughs> We'd gather in the bunkhouse there in this other bunkhouse. Over there. I had more people in the other bunkhouses than where I was. <laughs> Just like I'm on a radio, yeah. but I'm not not playing in front of them here. No, no. you know they'll they'll peek at me and go back over there. They can go back to their bunkhouse. That's amazing. And then I remember there's a guy still alive, Grant Beck, and Yelnev. You know he's old now, older than me. He likes really likes to dance. He really really likes to dance. He didn't have his family in the sawmill there, so he he come to my bunkhouse in the evening. I'll play, I'll play there. And since uh, I listened to myself, you know, I, I liked it better that way. So I would do that just about every night. I'd be playing there. He'll come over and grab my jeans that laying on the floor there. I got off work or something there, and grab my jeans and just dancing. He said, "You think my well can hear it in these two bunkhouses on the radio?" So he thinks that. Uh, Fort Res, this is up, uh, say, we're 60 miles from here. Eh? You think my wife can hear uh, you playing on the radio? I said, yeah. And then if you talk on the fiddle there, you can hear it. Eh? <laughs> so I said, if you talk in here, your wife can hear you at Fort Res, and he believed me. Eh? Well, he talked to his wife, eh? he said, I'm doing real fine here, I'm just dancing for Angus here. You know, just talking and there and they can pick it up this radio and also here too. Holy eh? <laughs> <laughs> smokes! Uh, so that was my kind of first experience with the uh, before the amplifier. Before amplifiers, yeah. you just took radios and modified it and yeah. just spread the music around. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. That's great. But there was a lot of fun that uh, when I got home after I figured this out when I was working the sauna. So when I came home, uh, we had a radio at home too. So uh, I, uh, that little cartridge, wherever I got it from, that was my pickup on my fiddle. Pick <laughs> fiddle. Yeah, you could take that anywhere and amplify yourself. <laughs> I don't know how I never burnt uh, uh, burnt it. <laughs> <laughs> or like a kid or yourself, or probably, yeah, or uh, uh, burn a tube out or yeah, something. Exactly, you know? Yeah, exactly. I was going to say you couldn't really electrocute yourself with a with a battery, but that's genius. I mean, to be able to do that is <laughs> that's amazing. The technology you were using it and modifying it even then when it was just coming out and I picked it up from uh, this this radio, uh, radio you know I told you a combination that thing there you yeah. know and I think I, how I've done this is one time I lift that head up and put my put it on my fiddle and I was ringing the strings and it was coming through that radio okay, yeah. so that's where and then I didn't know where to hook it on and yeah I think that's where I lift the tube up and Going from one prong to another. <laughs> Good for you. To think of it today, I think uh, it's crazy, like you know. But, uh. In order to bring you this epic musical life story, this podcast of Angus Bolio will have two episodes. Mm-hmm.